I'm always going back to school. I'm always learning. The day you stop learning is the day you start going the other way, and I choose not to go the other way. Hello, and welcome to the Confidential Podcast, where we discuss and demystify life and everything that impacts it. I'm Simone Gisondi, author, health strategist, life transformation consultant, and overall life enthusiast. I dive deep into the fascinating world of life with each show. Each episode features in-depth conversations with experts, thought leaders, as well as personal stories and experiences that will bring the world around us to life. Whether you're a curious newcomer or a passionate enthusiast, come with me on a journey of discovery and enlightenment. Tune in every week and join me as I demystify all things that touch life. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to The Confidential. Thank you so much for joining me in the spirit of educating you and letting you learn all there is to learn about health and wellness, especially the natural way. I have such an important and really fun guest today, and he's very knowledgeable in something that's so closely related to health and wellness, the natural way, of course. And that is my very own chiropractor, Dr. Paul Charlton, who is the founder of Chiropractic Works right here in Toronto. He's been helping patients for almost a quarter of a century. That's quite some time. Um, so I'm fascinated by chiropractic. So I wanted to bring him on because I'm curious why chiropractic doctors choose this amazing practice over all others in the realm of health and wellness. So of course, I'm wondering why Dr. Charlton himself chose chiropractic because he's so good at it. So if you were to speak with him, you'd learn that, and you will, that after injuring his back during a high school hockey practice and not being able to find relief with regular medicine, it was his father, who happens to be a medical doctor, that recommended chiropractic to him. And of course, this is what he found relief in and chose to pursue it as a um as his own profession, he got into chiropractic college, and of course, he continues to help people through natural means without the use of drugs or surgery to this day, and he's so amazing at it. I have my own story with it because after I had a stroke back in 2011, I was told never, ever to go near a chiropractor, which of course, being the disobedient person that I am, uh, I went, when I was in school at that time, one of my one of my professors was actually a chiropractor and he adjusted me on the floor and he said, it's perfectly fine. He ran me through a whole bunch of tests. So of course, I'm fascinated, but enough about me. Dr. Charlton, welcome to my show. Well, Thank you very much for having me. I'm ready to have some fun, share some knowledge, and and let's help some people. Simone, what what can yes. we talk about? Yes, yes. I really want people to understand how helpful chiropractic is. This is why I wanted to have you on the show. You but let's begin. Can I take you back just a bit on that story? This yes, is not please, to that story. You may not. I've never shared with you. So, so I was always pretty strong in academics throughout school. But um, back in Ontario, obviously, it was five years when five years of high school when I graduated. But this may be for resonate with some people. Sometimes you go through life, and you just don't know what the heck you're going to do. You're, you're frustrated, yes. you're, you're at a crossroads, you, you know, you, you don't know what you're going to do. And I remember all my friends were applying for university. And here's a true story, grade 13, I didn't apply for university. Oh. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I I fumbled around. I had no direction. I had no vision. I had no goals. It wasn't until I went to another high school and changed my environment 
tip there, changed my friend group, changed who I was with, which is good if somebody's stuck, they need to change their environment. You know, when the fish is sick, you don't treat the fish, you change what? You change the water, right? Water. That's exactly what I did. Different high school did friend groups. And one friend said a key thing to me, he goes, hey, doc. Oh, so I didn't say doc. Hey, Paul, do you play hockey? I said, yeah, I used to. I used to actually play very high level hockey. Uh, many of my friends actually made the NHL, believe it or not. What? And uh, yeah, cause we had three NHLers on my one hockey team when I was uh, 13 or 14. And uh, they had actually pretty successful careers. So, but anyway, I went to try it out and, and I hadn't played hockey for a few years. And Oh my God, the joy that that just brought me when you can skate on the ice and shoot the puck. And I, I haven't played, I haven't stopped playing since then. And I am 60 year olds as of uh, next week. So, so I love the game, love the sport, but that story where I hurt my back, I was challenged by one of my friends there. Hey, Paul, can you take a slap shot from this goal line and hit the glass on the other side of the rink? And I didn't stretch. Oh. I didn't warm up. I was 19 years old. I was more brawn than brains at that time. I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> and I shot that puck so hard, it hit the glass, not a problem. But during that practice, my back just tightened up, tightened up. And I had to be driven home by by the the one of my friends. And and on the landing of my parents' home, my mom's grabbing my legs, my dad's grabbing my hands, and they're tractioning me out. And that's what my dad said to me. He goes, Well, you can always go to a chiropractor. I'd never been to a chiropractor. I didn't know what they did. I go, what are they gonna do? Sing to you? I had no idea. So sure enough, I saw Dr. Cunningham and and I got adjusted. One adjustment, one adjustment. I was out of pain. It was like, it was like the clouds opened up, the lights, the the angels sang. I go, oh my God, this is what I want to do. And then really? I had vision, I had goals, I had a purpose. And that's when my marks that were not doing very well in grade 13 and grade 14, boom, marks went right back up because I had a goal, I had a vision and a my purpose on, on helping people. And if I wanted, I love helping people. Uh, it's, it's part of my mantra, you know, in the morning I wake up, how can I get better and how can I help someone else get better? So that's absolutely. That's, so that's such an background. amazing story. I yeah. love that, especially because clearly for people who think that when something bad happens to you, you know, oh my God, it's so bad. But for you, this was actually a catalyst to your yeah. future. It was. I didn't know, you know, the, the the hockey player, I was very strong, but I wasn't good enough. So there's the dream of being a hockey player. And then I tried rock star for a bit. That didn't work out <laughs> <at all. laughs> Yeah, yeah, I can't sing. Sorry. <laughs> I'm trying to imagine you as a rock star, long no, hair no, no. and all. <laughs> I had more hair back then. Yes. That was the eighties. Remember, <laughs> but uh, you know, helping people, I I remember in, I know we're going to get to the story in uh, a few stories first. I remember it was grade 10, I think it was. And the guidance counselor comes in and gets you to fill out the little bubbles on a piece of paper. Nice. And, and then they want to say, well, we want you to know, we want to know what you want to do for the rest of your life um, tomorrow. And I remember I actually couldn't sleep that night. I was thinking, what the heck am I going to do with my life? Here I am, grade 10, I don't know, 16 years old. I had no clue. But around two in the morning, I, a true story, I, I, I felt a sense of peace come over me when it came to me. I just relaxed and it came to me. I have to deal with people. And that was good enough for me. So oh, wow. it comes to you as you go along. And sure enough, I, I'm not a guy to stick in an office and, and do paperwork. I, I have to be involved with people. I have to be moving. I have to be laughing. I have to be enjoying life. 
And, and again, eventually I found a perfect career. I just love being with people and helping people every day. That is totally you encapsulated. That's exactly <laughs> yeah, you how know you are. Me, right? Yes, yeah. of course, of course. We always laugh and talk about the Maple Leafs. Most <laughs> oh, losing oh. story in the NHL. Now, now, now. Don't get me started. Now. <laughs> I know, I know. I trash talk them with everybody who loves them. This year, this year, they're going to win. They're going to mm, win. Yeah, we've been waiting since 1967. I know. I have, a, I have a pretty good relationship with my patients. I just got sent a fast, or sorry, face, no, a messenger meme. And it was a Dallas Cowboy um, uh, helmet uh, with a player throwing a football with a Toronto Maple Leaf logo on it because Dallas got destroyed by Green Bay yesterday for those that follow NFL <laughs> football. And he goes, another successful season next year, I think was the caption. So yes, I'm a Toronto Maple Leaf fan. And uh, and if you get me talking about the Maple Leafs during our treatments, it tends to be a little bit longer. And my staff's knocking on the door saying, hurry up, hurry up. So, but that's part of life, isn't it? Yes. And what I always say, golf, Leafs, golf. <laughs> oh, touche, touche. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so going back to chiropractic, um, yes. Give the audience a little bit of a history of chiropractic because I'm sure everybody wonders, like, where did it come from? How do you, how do you come to realize that if you crack somebody's back or somebody's neck, you're gonna make them feel better? Because it just sounds so counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go a little bit of history first on chiropractic. Um, the founder was Dee Dee Palmer, who was actually a Canadian, and oh, wow. um, yeah, he was uh, he was born up in Pickering Township. So if you go to Port Perry, Ontario, there's actually a little bit of bust right beside um, a nice statue bust on a platform saying D.D. Palmer, the founder of chiropractic. Now that's modern day chiropractic, of course, um, the Greeks and some Asians, there's some statues of people looking like they're you know being adjusted, but modern day chiropractic started around then. So he wow. did his work, he did a lot of research there. Um, they've even named a park called Palmer Park right in Port Perry, right on the water of Lake Scugog. And, but during uh, oh, 130 or 40 years ago, he moved to Davenport, Iowa, where he actually performed the first chiropractic adjustment. And the history goes like this. Uh, Harvey Lillard is the first patient and he was uh, doing an activity and he heard something pop in his neck and his hearing was not quite the same after he heard that. So D.D. Palmer in his logic said, well, if he heard something release in his neck, then perhaps there's a problem in the neck. And doing his research, doing his analysis, he was able to figure out, well, if I position a bone properly, maybe that'll restore the hearing. And sure enough, he adjusted Harvey, oh, wow. Harvey Lillard. And that's the, the legendary story of how chiropractic uh, was started. But there's so many beautiful stories in chiropractic that I hear every day. Uh, when a patient comes in to me, usually, um, I guess when I first started practice, I was kind of like the last resort because chiropractic has grown in popularity. It's grown in uh, acceptance over the years. In the early 1990s, um, I think maybe 10% maybe of the population would see chiropractors. And I would hear often, you know, doc, you're my last hope. I've been to this specialist, that specialist, this doctor. They told me don't get, see a chiropractor. I've been to physio. I've been to acupuncture. Well, maybe not in the 90s, acupuncture as much. I said, well, I'm not going to promise you anything, but this is what I will promise you. I'm going to do my best to try and make sense of this. And one thing I do want you to remember is do not fall in love with your diagnosis because there is somebody out there that can help you. So remember that loud and clear, that that is so important out there because a lot of people get discouraged. They lose hope. And that is a terrible thing. There is somebody out there. Keep searching. 
So when someone comes into the office, there's obviously the intake form and, you know, we make them feel comfortable and welcome because sometimes they're nervous and they don't know what to expect. And, you know, I remember when I first started practice, I looked pretty young and yes, I did have a little bit more longer hair than I do now. And, you know, I wore a tie and I tried to look professional, but now I'm very relaxed. We're in golf shirts and non-threatening and, you know, it's, uh, you know, you can call me Dr. Paul, you can call me Paul, you can call me doc. We're here to serve. We're here to help you. So a patient comes in, we take them through the standard questions of what's wrong and you try and figure out why, why did this person have this problem? Was it a trauma? Did it build up over time? There's, there's a history that there's typical patterns that I see in over 30 years of practice that have been established with these patients. So next step, we do the intake form and probably 90% of the time, I already know what's going on just based on observation of how the patient is moving, the answers mm. that they're giving, because I've heard it before 90% of the time. So I'm, I'm kind of excited. I don't want to rush the intake, but I'm kind of excited. It's like a puzzle. It's like a guessing game. I go, you know, I usually sometimes tell the patients during the exam, I think this test is going to be weak because this is what's going to happen. And sure enough, 90% of the time I'm bang on and bang right. And that instills confidence in my, my diagnostic abilities with the patient that gives confidence to the patient. They start to relax and they realize, you know, I think this guy knows something and yeah, I feel confident that, that he can help me. And uh, we go through, I guess, initial exam, standard inspection, uh, range of motion, a lot of muscle testing. I, I am very heavily trained in something called applied kinesiology. You ask the body a question, it's going to give you the answer. Bodies do not lie. You know, they, they're very, very beautiful, beautiful earth suits that we're in on our time on earth. And, uh, and they give the answers if you just ask the right questions. So that's what I, I do love that. Yes. Cause I know that you do that when you adjust me and it's mm -hmm. very true. And I've, and I actually look deeper in, uh, what exactly is it that kinesiology entails? And of course, it's um, it works with the beautiful vessel, the beautiful machine that we have, uh, yeah. that we live in, in this sort of experience here on earth. It's funny, to become a chiropractor, it takes seven years of schooling to become a chiropractor. Oh, and, wow. and, you know, so I did three years university, then four years chiropractic college here in Toronto. And, you know, you get rough skills graduating from chiropractic college, not until you're probably at least five years out, do you start to really hone it down. And, mm -hmm. you know, I still take seminars, to be honest with you, Simone, I, I took one last month on applied kinesiology. And I'm always going back to school. I'm always learning. The day you stop learning is the day you start going the other way. And I choose not to go the other way. You know, whether it be skill set, whether it be mindset, whether it be how can I... I guess I take I take it for personal satisfaction because I love learning. You have to be curious about life, curious about nature, but it, it really upsets me when the patient comes in with a condition that I don't know what is going on, and that drives me crazy. Now, over the years, I'll go. I many times I'm in seminars and I hear something and a light bulb goes off. Monday morning, I'll come back and I'll call that patient. I say, "Can I see you? I'd like to see you, and I want to try something on you." You know, and. Uh, and, and they come in and, and I said, listen, I think we've been attacking this maybe not the right way. May I suggest we do this instead? And um, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But the bottom line is you care about the patient. And, uh, you know, going back to my dad being a medical doctor, I remember going on his house calls with my dad when I was a youngster. And uh, the the caveat or the, the carrot for going with my dad on a house call is after the house call, 
he would actually, I know, don't judge here. This is probably the 60s and 70s. He'd, <laughs> let, me sit, he'd let me sit in his lap and drive the car. Oh, <laughs> my goodness. No seatbelt, nothing. You know, but back, I lived in an area where there was, you know, country roads and I was grew up in Highland Creek and, and South Scarborough and Guildwood. And, and I remember my dad going and doing those house calls and, and, you know, as you know, with you're very impressionable before the age of seven and you're observing, you know, how to treat people, how to work with people. And I think that's a blessing my dad gave me just by taking me on those little uh, trips on the country road to make house calls. Yes, I remember even when I was growing up, uh, no, no seatbelt. My mother, when I remember when we came home after my brother was born, my mom was literally holding him in in her arms. We were driving, no car seats, no no seat belts, and here we are. <laughs> safety, safety first. Yeah, safety first. Yeah. So just to go back, because you said that when you work with your patients, you look and it it bothers you when you're not able to identify the condition. So what what conditions or illnesses or diseases whatever you want to call them what uh what illnesses diseases and conditions does chiropractic help with no oh, that's a great uh we're, we're biomechanical musculoskeletal specialists that's what we are um we know how the body works we're trained um, anatomy physiology uh, histology we know how the cells work. We know what should work normal. And, and if it's not working normal, then we know there's a problem there. We have to dive into that. So any musculoskeletal problem, uh, you think of any sports, uh, every sports, every national sports team has a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Usain Bolt has a chiropractor. Um, one of my mentors is chiropractor for uh, for Yao Ming and, and Evander Holenfield. And, and I'm talking about the famous Dr. Bob Rakowski. Actually, he just stayed with us, by the way, Simone. He was here for the weekend and we had the pleasure to get caught oh up. Oh my God. Yeah, he's, he's such a brilliant man. And he was actually sharing a story with me when he was treating Yao Ming from the, uh, from the, uh, was it the map? No, what's, what's the human Houston? Houston Spurs, I think it's called. I forget, mm -hmm. I don't follow basketball very well, but uh, he went to do a house call on Yao Ming and and he was worried because Dr. Bob is is not as tall as the average male. He's like, he's 5'8". He was worried that the, uh, now, a little off color for your audience. I hope they can appreciate it. He was worried that because the basketball players are so tall, that the urinals hope they weren't so tall. <laughs> right? so, 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 that is so, hilarious. <laughs> so he, he assured me they're all standard height. <laughs> right? So... You know, you've got to, uh, you got to have fun, don't you? Um, so you can help someone's performance. And if you can help them 1% more, especially a professional athlete, that's the difference between a million dollar, millions of dollar contract and not uh, getting a contract at all. So it's about performance. How can we make you better? What's deficient? You know, is there a muscle that's in imbalance? Is there vertebrae out of balance? And the conditions are, are endless. There's so many musculoskeletal conditions out there that you've heard of, you know, you know, medical community will just say, well, it's low back pain or it's sciatica. And, and right. that's technically that's, that's not a diagnosis. Um, you know, sciatica just means that it's nerve pain. Well, what's causing that nerve pain? Is it a disc problem? Is it a bone problem? Is it a muscle problem? And we have to dive into that and break it down and try and figure that out. But um, here's a funny trend. It's not a funny trend, but uh, I've just observed in 30 years of practice. When I first started in the early nineties, probably, mm, probably, the majority of my patients would come in, I would say probably 60 to 65% would be low back pain. So neck pain would maybe be 20%. 
So flash forward to say 2023, what do you think those numbers would be? Oh, I'm sure that with the people with phones in their hands, it's probably upper back and neck pain, 100%. I'd like to take a quick break now to let you know that today's show is sponsored by my book, Against Medical Advice. This book is a memoir, and it tells the story of how I built my life back after suffering a stroke during my divorce. I discuss the nutritional, lifestyle, and mindset aspects that I put into practice to regain my health and rebuild my life. The book has been a labor of love, both writing it and publishing it, and I couldn't be more proud of it. Please pick up your copy from Amazon. For your very own signed copy, my email address is simone at simonegisandi.com. Oh, and I'd really appreciate it if you'd please consider leaving a review once you've read the book. And now, back to the show. It's it's dramatically switched. We still see the low back pain. Don't get me wrong, because we're working from home. We tend to be more sedentary. Sitting is the new smoking, as you may or may not have heard. Mm -hmm. uh, get up and moving. Um, but yes, absolutely. It's probably, I'd say it's 40-40 uh, for sure split with neck and uh, and low back. So my advice for the, your audience, please either get some sort of device that sets a reminder get up and moving, get stretching. You have to keep moving. So, so critical. So important. Get your 10,000 K steps in a, a day. Oh yes. Oh, we can all aspire to that. Mm -hmm. Okay. So yes. And I remember when uh, I was going through school, they were telling us about the importance of making sure that you get all nutrients into muscles. And obviously the bones obviously are also looking for nutrients to build. But uh, they say that when your fascia is too tight, or even when the muscles are too tight, the nutrients cannot get inside them properly. So then you start looking at nutritional deficiencies, the muscles are going to atrophy, they're not going to grow in accordance to what you're looking to get out of your workouts. So that speaks to the importance of stretching and making sure that you you keep limber and that your muscles are not sort of under that strain, or much like how you described when you had your injury back in high school when you did that slap shot. Right. You know, fascia is very important. Um, you know, I had a case in point, I had a lady, she drove probably an, over an hour to see me and um, she came in with back pain and I uh, went through the typical scenario of uh, patient entrance. And, and I said, well, what have you done to try and help it? She goes, I've been to the MD, I've been to the specialists and it will not go away. I've been to other chiropractors. It will not go away. And I said the same thing, you know, I don't know if I'll help you, but I'll do my best. And um, I brought up my fascial release machine and um, and it was summertime and I did, so she's got mid-back pain. And this is really, really important for your audience. You just can't think locally. The whole body is wired together. It's connected together. So I'm working on fascia and I found some deficiencies in muscles in her lower extremity. And then I noticed for the first time that she had a very large scar on the calf muscle that I had not noticed before. And I started to work on it with my fascia release uh, percussor. And the next day she came back and said, I have to tell you, I'm 90% better. And I said, really? And I thought about it. Hello. I said, how long have you had that scar? And the light bulb went off in her head, my head at the same time. She goes, I had mid back pain right after that accident that oh my cut goodness. my skin, cut my muscle and the fascia is so connected that it affected mid back. 
absolutely crazy stuff out there, but it, you have to think of scars, any injuries, the fascia. It's almost like uh, on a golf green, a tree with its roots going into the uh, into the actual golf green. That's what it's like. So you have to release that. Or it's like um, another example would be uh, saran wrap. When you pull saran wrap, it sticks together. The fascia release is you're just opening the saran wrap and very, very, very important. So definitely uh, you have to get that addressed. Yeah, that's huge. And I think that people don't even recognize that they first that they have fascia. And I was going to actually ask you to describe exactly what fascia is, because the way that I describe it is coming from the world of nutrition. If you think of that really thin sheath, like when you have either um, onion, you find it in onion or chicken, like you have that sheath that's like transparent, translucent, very, very, very thin. That's fascia. Yeah. And, and it's incredible how quickly that can get tight. Incredible. Absolutely. Wraps every single muscle, wraps mm -hmm. through your whole spinal cord, your brain. You know, even with people with migraines or headaches, I can do my the percussor on the top of their skull and it actually will affect the fascia in the skull. And I can reproduce a a pretty good change if I if I am able to get in there. So this is and again, it's another arrow in our quiver. So we've got the manual adjusting, we've got nutrition, we've got massage therapy, um, people can go see acupuncturists, you know, it's all good. And, you know, some people respond better to different techniques and that's okay. We have to find out what's best for us, but you need a quarterback to kind of steer you in the right direction and be able to share those options with you. I think that uh, the body and all of the nerves, I mean, what, when we feel pain, we obviously feel pain because typically when you speak to people like, oh, my my lower back or which are muscles or uh, let's say my joints hurt or so we live in our body. We actually feel the pain of our body. We feel headaches, much like what you described, or the upper back pain or the neck pain from, you know, sitting in front of a computer or like me, my psoas muscle, which is always tight. So I was saying. <laughs> so as I was saying, yes, that's the joke. Um, so yes, it's important that we make sure that we address what our because if if we're gonna be looking at the body to be healthy, then we have to treat it in a way that it's gonna stay healthy. Otherwise, it's us that's gonna feel the pain and and you know, you start to suffer and your quality of life decreases and so on and so forth, then people end up with depression. So it's such a chain. And if you don't take care of the body, your mind will very quickly take a dive as well. I think you said a really good point there, Simone. Think of all the people that are depressed. Did you know that majority of them have back pain or some sort of chronic pain? Mm -hmm. You know, so instead of getting, <clears throat> taking pharmaceuticals to decrease of a symptom, why don't we get to a cause and try and relieve some of those biomechanical deficiencies, get you moving properly, get you breathing properly, get you sleeping properly, get you eating properly, get you pooping properly, get you talking properly and get rid of some of those uh, negative symptoms that, um, you know, that farm, you know, pharmacological agents tend to not really <clears throat> do. Yeah, this is why I wanted to actually have you on so that people can understand that oftentimes if you you have so many people out there that could help you. So when you do end up with, let's say, because you hear all the time, I threw my back and what do they do? They go and they buy some sort of painkiller and then they get addicted to the painkillers or they have some sort of um, side effect from the 
painkiller itself. And then if they get addicted and they start taking painkillers over and over, they damage their liver. So it's like such a cascade, a very negative side effect when in fact you could just go see a chiropractor that can actually realign so that the, especially in traditional Chinese medicine, the flow of qi, so the flow of energy can actually continue to flow. And that obviously also related to the, the flow of blood, the flow of getting oxygen to the tissues, the flow of getting all the nutrients to the tissues. This is such an important thing. And I wanted to ask about pregnancy. So ah. when I was pregnant, yes, and of course, I was talking to other women who were in the community and there was this one girl, I was lucky enough, both my kids were, you know, in proper position for being able to be birthed. But there was a woman and she had actually her her child was breech. Mm -hmm. And she said, Oh, I'm just gonna go to the chiropractor, the chiropractor is going to be able to get him turned right around. So I'm fascinated by the fact that you guys are able because back in the day, I remember when women used to die giving birth, or kids would get injured, and I'm sure it still happens to this day, women would get injured, end up with like long-term injuries as a result of not investing in this. Tell us about how chiropractic works in pregnancy, because I'm sure there are women who probably would benefit so much from just learning this one little bit so that they can alleviate that, you know, back lower back pain that everyone <laughs> feels when everything stretches and you have like eight pounds pulling down. So funny, not a funny story. Well, it is a funny story. I had a, a new patient in on Saturday that just came in. She's 38 weeks pregnant. She came in with a beautiful beach ball uh, on her belly and she says, can you help me? <laughs> I said, I'll, same thing. I'll do my best. Right. So um, when you adjust the sacroiliac joints, you have to remember there's a lot of hormones that are being relaxed or being sent out into the body at the time of getting ready for the delivery. Uh, relaxin is one hormone. The sacroiliac joints, which is you've got your sacrum and you've got your ilium, they're starting to relax, starting to open up, getting ready for the dissension of the baby. So by adjusting the sacroiliac joints, we have a very, very profound effect on usually yeah, I'm sure there's studies out there showing it, but usually it's an easier delivery. The average delivery for the first child, I think it's like 13 to 14 hours. You know, my wife, she coughs, sneezed, I think it was like three hours max, you know, but I adjusted her quite, you know, regularly. We had a midwife, did things naturally and uh, had midwives for the following two. And, and uh, yeah, we almost didn't make it to the hospital for the second one. And, oh and uh, the third one, it's a boy. He was a little more stubborn. So um, so we had to work a little harder on that one, but all very, very quick, very easy, same home, the same day deliveries. That's what chiropractic can usually do. Um, can we turn babies, um, pediatric car, there's especially pediatric chiropractors would be even more qualified than a regular chiropractor. They've taken extra training for that. Um, and you can, you can always look that up, but, um, let's, let's go before pregnancy. Mm -hmm. How many females have come in and told me they're having trouble just casually on their intake form that they're trying to conceive and they're having difficulty. How wow. many ladies do I hear that? I've heard that so many times. And then they undergo chiropractic care. So think about it. We're adjusting the, we're adjusting the spine, which has a secondary effect on the nervous system. The nervous system controls the organs um, if the organs are working better, then perhaps, just perhaps, maybe if they're working optimally, these beautiful women can get pregnant. 
And the joke of the day is with my wife is I say, I got another girl pregnant. <laughs> right. Oh so, my God. right. No, Nancy went to chiropractic. All she's actually was a chiropractor as well. So we have a little giggle at that, but I can tell you, Oh my God, 50, hundred, hundred women. But you know, what's really sad though, probably only 10, because they had such difficulty getting pregnant, probably only 10% continue with chiropractic care because their medical doctor has scared the heck out of them saying, don't get adjusted. It'll, it'll, you know, you could miscarry. And, um, and that's Oh, wow. the sad thing, even no matter, I do my very best to educate them. Um, and there's not been one miscarriage in those 10% that, that do continue. So I wish them well, I wish them love and reach out if you have any questions and guess what? They usually come back after the delivery to have me put them back together. So You know, so that's, yeah, some good and some bad stories there. We have some work to do in educating them, Simone. This is such, yes, and this is such an, an amazing time for me to tell the story. So I will never, ever not get chiropractic. I mean, this is going to be a for-life thing for me. It is. Uh, but I recall, so this is how I got scared into it. I mean, they tried to scare me because, like I said earlier, I'm very disobedient for the most part, especially when it comes to health. So after I had the stroke back in 2011, Uh, of course, the number one thing they said, make sure you don't go to a chiropractor. So that was the number one. I mean, aside from, of course, you know, take blood thinners and all the good stuff. They told me, make sure you don't go to a chiropractor because if they adjust your neck, you're going to be able to have another stroke. Like it's going to, it's increasing the likelihood of you having another stroke, like exponentially or something of that nature. And I thought, and of course, this is how I always am like, how? And why? Explain it to me like I'm five years old so that I can understand it. And then if it makes sense to me, no problem. I will stay away. However, most doctors, most medical doctors just leave it at, just don't do it or just take this without giving you an explanation. And we're supposed to just obey or follow. So fast forward to when I got into nutrition school, one of my teachers was a chiropractor. So came to school, I had a headache, much like what you said, like most of your patients. So, and I, I, I couldn't even concentrate in class. And he said, do you mind if I adjust you? And I said, oh, just so you know, I had a stroke and they told me not to. So just so that it's not a liability thing for you, I wanted to be, I wanted to make sure that I disclose. And he said, why don't you Google or search why they actually tell you that? And of course, I never thought of it, but I'm like, you know what? That's a great idea. So as it so happens, and of course, then he he ran me through these tests. Like he made me look all the way to the right, all the way to the left to see the range of motion of the neck. Because if that was the case and there was some sort of obstruction, you would see it then. Mm -hmm. And as it so happens, what happened, somebody ended up having a stroke. And the last thing that they had recalled is that they had gone to a chiropractor and instantly, so despite the fact that they may have, I don't know, maybe been on some sort of medication that would have caused that stroke, or maybe they had been, you know, terrible with their diet for 30 years that would have co caused that stroke, or maybe uh, obese, you know, high blood pressure, hypertensive, or um, let's say smoker, I don't know, whatever typical things are that lead to stroke. And... So this patient, the last thing that they recalled is that they had gone to the chiropractor. So they made that connection and that became the be all end all. 
It's like, don't go to the, do not go to chiropractors. If you had a stroke, they're going to cause strokes. I'm like, how stupid is that? I mean, and here I am. So I just wanted to do this testimonial because I've had a stroke back in 2011. It's now 2024. I've been going to chiropractic since. And I mean, I have never stopped. I started going to chiropractor because I had a pinched nerve from the way that I slept. I used to sleep on my stomach. Of course, then I got pregnant. I couldn't sleep on my stomach anymore. And I was only on my back and on my on my side. And I think my neck kind of got used to that. After I gave birth, I went back to sleeping on my stomach and oh my God. And I remember when I, I thought, I'm like, I will pay whatever it takes just so that I don't feel this pain. And I went to chiropractic mm -hmm. and I think it was in two adjustments. I was like, oh my God. It's like as if that person had a magic wand. It was, I mean, I can't even describe. And if you have chronic pain, my friends, go get an adjustment so you could really feel what relief is like. And it's, it's almost instant. So most times, most times we can do great things right away. Um, quite, yes. there's, some, there's some stubborn cases like anything, but uh, sorry to cut you off. Of course. No, but I mean, it sometimes it does take that. And, and with, as with anything, I mean, you, you don't go to school and get your, you know, degree in one semester, you have to keep with it. And the same thing with losing weight, you have to make sure that you maintain it. It doesn't happen overnight. Uh, but for many things, I know that I've come to you for many adjustments and I know that instantly, like as soon as I walk out of there, I feel more, more limber and I could turn my head better. And, yeah. uh, but the point is that a lot of times there is so much fear mongering about certain things, especially when it comes to chiropractic, which are really unfounded. And they take what somebody says and they make it into a science. And that's terrible because I know that it affects a lot of, you know, really well-meaning doctors of chiropractic that can help tremendously, especially if you break it down and you look at the way that it actually works, which is why I wanted to have you on. So you could describe like the flow of things. And um, so at this juncture, if you can just tell, because I know that you, you're using quite a few um, medical terms. Let, let's talk about the way the spine is. Cause I, I had this conversation with my son the other day and I said, Oh, uh, so somebody in the family fell and uh, fractured L4. And I remember telling my son, I'm like, Oh no, no fell and broke his L4. And he said, what's L4? And I said, lumbar four. He's like, Where, what's lumbar? So I know that a lot of people don't understand. So I, I really want this to be a, as educational as possible. So the spine starts at the top, goes to the bottom. You were talking about the sacral area for pregnancy. If you could just walk us through what the spine consists of and how you guys have it identified by sections. I would love to do that. Before I do that though, can I jump back to the stroke issue? Oh um, yes, please. My um, my father's a medical doctor. I'm not against medicine. There's a place for medicine, absolutely. Um, however, acute care, yes, acute care. There's a, there, and there's some of the top top notch docs out there doing their best to help you. You know, you're in an accident. There's a trauma. They're doing a great 100%. job. Hundred um, percent. But my goal is not to see those people, right? So yes. You know, you know, my father being a medical doctor, you know, I saw the box of pills and and stuff, and to me that just wasn't health. It just it just I looked at health being in nature and and moving well and doing well that way. I just felt better that way. But but even, you know, I would adjust my father, who was a medical doctor. And, you know, and you know, I love my children. And if there was any risk of something happening to my children, of course. no way I would be adjusting their neck. And I adjust them with love and 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 care and and they're functioning and, and doing very, very well. 
And finally, um, it's funny, the, there's an informed consent to try and educate patients about risks of what could happen in the chiropractic office. I go through it with the patients, you know, they may react to the, the gels, they may be sensitive to certain things. And we talk about the neck manipulation and in black bold letters, I'm reviewing it with this one patient who's a lawyer. And I said, and finally, and he goes, stop. And I go, oh, what's this guy going to do? And he goes, I actually wrote that informed consent. Give me the thing. <laughs> you know, so, so, so he goes, it's all good, doc. And I said, but, you know, there's going to be no tearing of arteries or inducing a stroke is right on the informed consent and big, bold black letters. You know, there has to have been some research done to 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 actually make that claim. So it's very, very safe, very, very effective. You use you use the information you're given with the patient when they come in, if there's anything that's giving you a yellow or a red flag, you proceed with caution. And that's just a responsible thing to do. But uh, going on to the anatomy, um, the body is so beautiful. It really is. Starting in the neck, you've got seven neck vertebrae, cervical vertebrae, C1 to C7. So the, the top is C1, that little bump on the back of your neck is C7. And usually there's a lot of tension in that area because the spine kind of switches from a scoop to a hump of the back. And the hump of the back transition area is called going to the thoracic spine. So you may have heard of thoracic outlet syndrome or, or T-spine or something like that. So there's 12 vertebrae in your mid back. And um, then you've got the low back, it transitions again into the lumbar spine, which you mentioned, L1 to L5, so five lumbar vertebrae. And then at the bottom is a sacrum or a triangular bone and a ilium that forms the pelvic ring. Then you get your extremity bones and all your elbow and forearm and, and lower extremity bones. And there's so many of them. Um, you know, it's fun. You have to learn them all and and start memorizing after a little while, it becomes second nature to talk about them. But the spine is beautiful. It's meant to be uh, flexible. It's meant to be uh, resilient. The spine protects the spinal column, which is crucial. The spinal cord goes through those vertebrae. So that's why you hear, sadly, people diving into pools, they maybe break a neck in the vertebrae and affects their uh, spinal column and therefore they're paralyzed. So you have to be very, very cautious. And that's the purpose of the vertebrae is to actually protect the column or the cord, I should say. So, so there's a little uh, bit of anatomy. Hey, so yeah, so that, I mean, I studied anatomy and physiology, not to the degree that you did, obviously, because this is your, this is your yep. bread and butter. This is what you do yeah. every day, but that it's so important that people know all about that. Um, so when you adjust, mm -hmm. Because I know when I come in for an adjustment, mm -hmm. what you do is you sort of feel my neck. So what are you feeling for before you make the decision on to what degree do you adjust, how yeah. deep or how hard or how whatever it is that a chiropractor does? So you have to think, I've been doing this for over 30 years and the amount of bodies that I've had my uh, hands on to evaluate the, the tension in muscles, um, the strength of muscles, um, by just putting my hand on your shoulders, information's flowing to my mind, what's going on with this individual. Um, you know, when I was at a seminar on the weekend and I happened to, someone was sitting down and I went to put my hand on their shoulders and 
oh my God, there was a knot there. I started working on it. It's just, it's just, <laughs> just, it's just innate, you know? And of course, then they're lining up for me to work on them, but no, it's just innate. Um, I had to find out what's working and what's not working. Whatever is not working, my job is to do my best to get it working better and then optimally. And that takes time sometimes to do that. But when I go in, I feel, inspect, feel. When you see someone in your waiting room getting up really, really sluggishly or differently than what is typical there's something going on you need to watch you watch them walking down the hall sometimes um, you watch them you know move their arms can they touch behind their head can they touch behind their back what's normal range of motion for an individual and you 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 pick things up pretty quickly but when you start touching muscles and then you start testing the function and the strength of the muscles we know that the nerves from the neck supply the muscles of the arm so if the muscles aren't working, is there a problem in the muscles? Is there a problem in the function of the joints around those muscles? Or is there a function with the connection from the neck to those muscles? And all these things have to be looked at and assessed during a treatment. And the goal is you show the individual what's working and not working before the treatment, you apply the treatment, and then you test them afterwards to show that there's actually been a response. And if there's been a great response, they get it, they know, their eyes light up. You know, I think people call me, you know, magician or, you know, doc, holy smokes, how'd you do that? Or, you know, do you do party tricks, you know, but no, just showing it's just anatomy and the anatomy is so beautiful. We're so intertwined and interconnected. It's amazing. I had a patient uh, the other day who had a wrist problem and it wasn't going away. And um, so finally, um, when you walk, you have to think we're neurologically connected. So if you go to the doctor with a wrist problem, they're going to look at the wrist. They'll say, okay, here's anti-inflammatories. Here's a muscle relaxant. Maybe pick a brace. And if it doesn't get better, give me a call. So when they come to see me, yes, I'll evaluate the wrist, but I'm going to evaluate the elbow. I'm going to evaluate the shoulder. I'm going to evaluate the neck. And I'm going to go down into the opposite extremity into the left ankle, because when you walk your left foot and your right arm, they work together. So they're neurologically linked. Maybe there's a problem down in that lower extremity that's affecting that right wrist. And probably about 10% of the times there is a problem there. You clean that up and then the patient gets that much better, that much quicker. So it's not just an isolated incident or an isolated case. When somebody comes in, you have to look at the whole body and and, uh, and I, I want to be treated whole body. So, yeah. So tell us what about when you cry? Cause I, I do it. So yeah. I know, and I've heard various different mm -hmm. things, people who crack their fingers or their, yeah, yeah. like typically that's what I do, but I also crack my spine. Sometimes I'll do like a twist motion till I feel the crack. Is that okay? Is that that's, bad for that's you? That's a great, that's a great question. I get that asked a lot. What happens there is, when a restriction builds up between a joint and and you're, oh man, I'm really, really tight and you try and auto adjust yourself, sometimes you're able to produce that audible pop. So let's, let's address what that audible pop is. Basically, you're in a vacuum, there's a liquid there, there's a gas, so the liquid goes into a gaseous state when you hear that pop. And then over the next 30 minutes, that gas goes back into a liquid type state, but it feels free. It feels loose. It feels good. You're able to function better. But what happens sometimes what'll happen is, you know, I just can't get it or you'll get a pop and geez, I, I just, I need to get another one. So yes. what's happening there is usually it's the same segment that's going all the time. And then that creates a hyper an increased or moves too much mobility in that segment. So your body's smart. It's, there's innate intelligence that knows, well, if that's too loose, 
then I'm going to tighten up the joint above and tighten up the joint below. Oh, wow. So you get that hypermobility, but then it gets restricted up above. And that's why you, you know, oh, geez, I have to go see a chiropractor and get it done properly. So once you adjust it properly, that takes pressure off the whole system. Usually it frees up the area and you feel so much better. There's pain relief, there's pressure off the nerve and the, the area is functioning better. So that's, that's what happens. So when you crack your knuckles, what is happening? It's creating perhaps a little bit looser segment. And when you don't adjust or self-adjust that, then they start to tighten up over time. So, you know, that's, that's what happens. The body is so beautiful. It's uh, it really is. Which is why people do it perpetually, continuously. Yeah, it becomes addictive. Yeah, you do it once you continue to do it. So when you do the adjustments, um, much like how you were just describing right now, and yes, I sometimes do adjust, do the self-adjustment. I wouldn't call it that, but I call it crack my neck because obviously I'm not not a chiropractor. I wouldn't be able to adjust myself, but it is a self-adjustment. You're absolutely right. When you do the adjustment as a chiropractor, um, does it, do you take into account the fact that the upper joint and the lower joint is going to tighten up? So when you do the adjustment, you take that into account. So you adjust so that that doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, usually I can, I can feel, um, we call it palpation. So just by putting my hands on your neck, I can identify very, very, very quickly what's working, what's not working. Um, just by putting my hand in there again, I've, I've touched numerous necks over the years. So I know what normal is. I know what is not normal. And I'll adjust the area that is not uh, properly positioned to, to work. So, and we free that area. So very easy to do. How, how would a, uh, let's say you were just coming out of chiropractic college. You hadn't touched hundreds of necks yet or thousands for that matter. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way you have over 30 years, Mm -hmm. how would you then know? what you're feeling for to be able to say, oh, okay, okay. I know what is happening in there. Cause obviously you're a novice. Mm-hmm. Well, Simone, they do call it a practice for a reason. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> it is true. Um, you know, it's fine. I remember, it, it, you know, you do come out and you do have good basic skills, but you just don't have the experience and um, you know, all the terms, you know, what to look for. You're very, very cautious. And, you know, when you first start a practice and you hang your, your doctor shingle on the wall, people aren't flooding to your office. You know, you've got to build up a reputation. You have yes. to get results and that's all experience and that, that builds up over time. But usually around the five-year mark is when things start to, you, you start to get ideas, you know, and there's and you start figuring things out. You figure out what you like to treat. You feel like, you know, what conditions you like to migrate or do you wouldn't want to become a specialist in this type of area or do you like sports injuries? Do you like children? Do you like seniors? So you can, you can have your own focus and, uh, or you do like animals. Uh, there's some chiropractors that have an animal practice. As I've well. heard that. Yes. Yeah. And I actually saw on Instagram the other day, this man who was adjusting the necks of, of his dogs, which I thought was super cool. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the elderly and the children, um, so children have, especially the younger ones and the younger, the younger they are, the less, I guess the, the bones are still thin, not thin, but soft. That's the word I was looking for. Um, especially like the infants and, you know, toddlers before they get to a certain age when, when the bones become obviously, uh, stronger and they've reached like a maturity level. And I don't know what, what age that is, especially for children. And then looking at the elderly, when the bones become super soft, uh, and frail, 
easy to break, easy to fracture. How does chiropractic play a role in that? Because the muscles of an elderly versus the muscle of a child are vastly different. Yeah, I'll tell you, um, I'm in Don Mills, so it's not a super young area. It tends to be more seniors. Mm-hmm. Um, but going to the youth, um, let me ask you a question, Simone. Do you know what time or what age the spine actually fuses and becomes solid bone, the vertebrae? Do you know that age? Oh, wow. No, I don't. It's around 25 years of age. So when you're young, it's pretty cartilaginous, um, very, very um, just developing, um, you know, the spine's maturing. So mm-hmm. again, it's very, very soft, very pliable. Um, you know, children are fun, <laughs> you know, they're, uh, um, their kids are honest, you know, they, uh, <laughs> they, uh, I, I was going to tell you a story, but no, I won't tell you that one, uh, but, um, they, kids, kids are just, you know, I, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you. Okay. So anyway, I was, I was t- testing the muscle on a, a youngster and, uh, and, and I said to them, I'm holding their hand. I said, okay, try, try and try and try and touch me in the nose. So I'm holding the fella's hand, the little boy's hand. So of course, I didn't explain to him the hand that I'm holding, try and hit me in the nose. He uses his other hand and hits me in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> I laugh so hard. You asked for it. I asked for it. Yes. Yeah, so, <laughs> so kids are fantastic and you just have to communicate with them. And um, usually they'll they'll ask you, they'll come in and um, they know they're in a safe spot after a little while. Um, they'll hop on my table and and I go, and they willingly hop on the table and say, yeah, doc, I'm feeling funny here. And and they, it's nice how they communicate and, and how you can try and help them. Uh, Again, I don't, I don't have a large uh, pediatric practice just because the area I'm in, but they're a lot of fun and, and kids, kids are wonderful. You know, I've got, anyway, I've got a lot of elite children, athletes, uh, tennis player athletes. And you have to think, you know, I've got a 12 year old who's ranked, I think he's in the top in top 20 in Canada. What's the shoulder going to look like on this individual, on this 12 year old, you know, how many hours is he practicing? So you've got to make sure you stay on top of that, you know, joints wear out over time and, and I don't want him wearing out before it's time. So you got to be respectful of what you're doing. And as for the seniors, they're always fun too. Um, actually I have this one patient who I'm, I'm quite fond of. Um, I'll share a story. Uh, I, I get my, I get my best jokes, by the way, from my seniors. And, um, and here's the joke that, that Mrs. Innes told me, uh, Mrs. Innes is 95 years old. Oh, wow. she, she lives at the local retirement home. She takes Beck taxi into my office so that I can work on her degenerative uh, body part that I'm working on. And she's on my table and I'm working on her. And, uh, and I said, Mrs. Innes, no, she was, she's an English woman, retired principal, by the way. She goes, Dr. Charlton, what would the family be doing for holidays this year? You know, are you be going oh any, anyway, right? I said, well, yes, actually, we're going to Houston. My wife and I are going to Houston. I'm, I'm honored I'm doing a talk down there. And I'm a little bit nervous. And, and I'm not sure what I'm going to say yet. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'll have it together. I've got two weeks to put a presentation together. That's going to be good. And, uh, and she goes, oh, well, I see. I think you should be giving the bikini talk. And I said, the bikini talk. <laughs> I said, what's the bikini talk? <laughs> she goes, oh, it's rather quite simple, actually. You give enough information to cover all the essential parts. <laughs> 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 and I thought, good for her. 
So I told that joke to Houston and I think there was probably about 500 people in the room. It lit the room up and, uh, and, I bet. and it was a great talk after that. So, so I, uh, so I hit, I hit Mrs. Ennis. Her name is Mrs. Ennis Ennis up for another joke the other day. And she goes, Oh dear. I don't think you can repeat the other jokes that I've got for you, dear. <laughs> right? so, so I love my this scene. is so amazing that at her age, she's got <laughs> such a sharp mind with amazing oh. jokes. Yeah, and you know, isn't that funny? Um, okay, so in life, I've noticed most people are trying to keep up with the Joneses before fifty years of age. Then the yes. fifty come and things start to change. After sixty, people people don't care what you have; they care. You know, they'll say, "Man, he's moving great! Wow, holy smokes! Look at how fast they go up that hill! Holy smokes! Look at they're going golfing; they're not taking the cart." That's what I want for people. I don't want people to be dependent and invalids. I want people to move. I want people to function better. And that's what chiropractic is to me. So uh, I'm a tool to try and help people to move better, feel better, and do better in life so they can have fun in life. I don't want them to be sitting on the sidelines of life, not enjoying and squeezing every juice out of life. You know, who was it? Anthony Robbins, I think, said uh, his definition of wealth. You know what Anthony Robbins' definition of wealth is? He goes, it's the ability to extrapolate the massive, the maximum joy from every experience. Wow, love that's that. a great definition, isn't it? That is. And that's so true. Good or bad, there's a good, something's good there. And if you can extrapolate something from that that brings you joy and use it in your life, then I think you're a very wealthy person. There's so. good in everything, even the bad stuff. I yes. mean, because I was looking at, you know, COVID, of course, everybody had such a terrible view on COVID, but... It was so good to be able to work from home for those people that were able to work from home so that you didn't have to commute. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, especially in the family, you got to spend time with the family that prior to everybody was running around, not able to. It mm -hmm. kind of slowed us down, made us think, made us connect to ourselves. I mean, it depends on which side of it you look at it from, but mm -hmm. there's, you know, silver lining and everything good or bad. Much like, especially like the first story that you said about when you took the slap shot, you know, yeah. and you injured yourself and it ended up that that was the catalyst to put you on your path. Absolutely. That is amazing. Absolutely. So, so think of the word challenge. So how do you spell challenge? C-H-A-L-L-E-N-G-E, right? So right. think of the first two letters, C-H mm -hmm. and the end, A-N-G-E. Put them together. Change. Every challenge, you can make a change. That's amazing. I love that. I love that so much. Yeah. It's so true. Mm -hmm. um, I, yeah, so what you were saying earlier, I want to send the entire gym that I go to, which is predominantly made of these young high schoolers. If you were to see them, they try to squat like they are, you know, Olympic lifters and or bodybuilders who have been at it for 20 years. I mean, they're just accidents waiting to happen. And, and I have seen accidents too. Um so it speaks to, but I had no idea, especially because they are putting that kind of stress on the body as it's developing. It hasn't got to that 25-year-old mark where the, the spine is actually fully formed and it's now sound. So imagine if, if the spine has to develop through this kind of abuse that these young kids are putting their body through. It's scary to look at. Um, I would definitely tell them not to take a slap shot. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but I was looking at them and I, I I wanted to just be like, go see my chiropractor. Oh my God, you really, really need it. Trust me. Fast forward to when you're going to be 45 and you will thank me for this. Uh, and it's so true what you said, because I watch there are quite a few uh, older people at the gym that I go to as well. And they have certain times, like I see them mostly on the weekends, but and I started looking at them and I'm like, oh my God, that woman is so, because they're, you could see they're visibly older. Like you could see it in the way that they look that they're older, but they do such amazing stuff. Like they lift heavy weights and they're very limber. That investment in the body pays you back because I was looking at it and I heard this one gentleman speaking and he said, you know, when I'm going to be 80, if I'm able to get up without having to prop myself or use a cane or, and he was talking about some of the things that you're not going to be looking at how much are you going to squat when you're 80? You're going to look at, am I able to go up those stairs without holding onto the handrail or hobbling around or like your, the, the, the posts really move and you're looking at other things that you're able to do versus what you try to do in your twenties. And I think it's so incredibly important that people take care of their body so that it can actually allow you to really have a good quality of life in the later years when you need it the most. Mm -hmm. um, so I want you to be able to hug your grandkids. If you have grandkids, I want you to be yes. able to walk the dog. If you have a dog, I want you to be able to walk the beaches of the world. I want you to laugh. I want you to sing. I want you to be able to go up those stairs and and with ease and grace and with gratitude and love in your heart. Really, it's it's very, very simple. I always tell patients, I give them an analogy. Um, so again, I mentioned I'm turning 60 next week and and, yes. and I was telling patients, uh, you know, 60, just a number. I consider my life like a hockey game. And in hockey, there's three periods. Uh, there's overtime and a shootout. And I plan to make it to the shootout and beyond. So, you know, that's... Oh, wow, uh, I love that. I'm only, in the, I'm only in the second half of the second period of my life, in my opinion. So there's so much more to, to enjoy. So much more. You know, actually think of it. Someone said to me the other day, they go, um, hey, doc, just think from 1917 to two sorry 1970 is the same distance from i think 1970 to 2023 i think that's the same time frame and that's not that long <laughs> that goes by in a heartbeat right so so enjoy every moment seize every moment uh, that's the motto and make every day great beautiful and what did you learn today that changed your life and who did you change yes oh so important because that that level of fulfillment and satisfaction when you're able to help other people or when you're able to help somebody grow and you're able to help them evolve in any way, shape or form. It's just the payback is huge from life itself. So before we close off, Doc, I wanted to ask, um, what are some things that you would say to someone who's maybe nervous about their first chiropractic session because they have this fear of like, oh, they're going to, what if they do that to your neck and then you're going to get paralyzed or some really ridiculous outlandish thing? Yeah. I respect all people's uh, positions where they're at. Uh, when people come to my office, it's a safe space. It's a non-judgmental space. Everybody mm -hmm. is welcome. And I will meet you at where your uh, level of confidence is at. Um, with clear communication with the patients, with clear explanation to the patient, it's always up to the patient to decide whether I administer my type of care to them. Um, if they don't feel comfortable, I give them options, I give them choices, and ultimately leave it to them to decide what to do.
Oh, that's so great because it's important that they ask the proper questions so that they know that you are able to explain to them exactly what's involved and how it's going to help them. Um, and of course, once we close off, I'm going to ask everybody to follow you on uh, online because you do have a lot of uh, really amazing educational little stories and, and pictures and such that explains exactly what chiropractic is. Um but before we do that, I wanted to know, in your expert opinion, what do you see in the field of chiropractic happening like in, in the next decade? What do you see? Where do you see it heading? Are there any groundbreaking technologies on the horizon? Anything coming up? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of great things. You know what excites me um, a great deal is uh, utilization. So I said when we first started uh, chiropractic, it was around the 10 mark, 10% mark. Now it's starting to close in 20, 25% of the population now is uh, very open and seeing chiropractors. Um, that excites me very much. Uh, it also excites me from um, an industry perspective, uh, the insurance industry, um, because unfortunately, um, there's a financial barrier to sometimes see chiropractors. Yes. So what's happening now is the Canadian president just gave a video uh, address to the chiropractic profession and said she just lectured to all, all insurance companies are all in this massive room. And she said, I'm going to be point blank with you. You're underfunding chiropractors. And she got a standing ovation. But okay. the insurance industry said that. And, um, you know, um, I just think there's so much more that we can do to help patients stay out of uh, critical care hospitals. Um, if you've got a musculoskeletal situation. And it's going to save the healthcare system money. It's been proven back in, uh, I guess it was late 90s. It's proven that we can actually save the healthcare system a lot of money. And how long of a wait is it at the hospital now? You know, it's 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 ridiculous. And, you know, those poor doctors and nurses are just overworked. There's, you know, there's things that we can do to take pressure off. And we do it very, very well. And um, and we can we can definitely play a role in that. We just have to remove or reduce the financial barrier so more patients come to see us and uh, and uh, take it from there. Not just that, but uh, if you keep, especially in the workforce, if you keep your workforce healthy, then you have them be more like less absenteeism, obviously, but you have them be more productive. If, you know, you reduce the brain fog and all the other uh, ailments that people show up with. So it not only it doesn't only just help the the healthcare industry, but it also helps the workforce. Absolutely, so clearly, it's a no brainer. <laughs> it, yeah, and it's coming. Things take time to change, of course, but absolutely, we can do absenteeism. Um, if you're in pain, you're not going to be focused on doing a great job. You know, you'll be you're not going to do the best job optimally for your your work, your your worker, or your so your employer. And um, let's make you more productive. And uh, yeah. that will do. It's, you're you're a, you're an asset, and it's your job to look after yourself. You're a pawn in the game of life. I hate to say it like that. Um, whether you're an all-star elite athlete that you know getting one percent better, it's your duty to look after yourself and give yourself the edge to perform better at work, so that you're a viable asset to that employer. So absolutely. Well, I I would love to give a standing ovation to this woman. 
who <laughs> actually gave that speech because yeah. that is so important and it's so uh, it gives us hope to see that there's like the tide is turning and that we will head towards a more natural approach to health and wellness and it will pay back like the ROI, right? The return on investment of such things. Thank you so much, Dr. Charlton, for all your wisdom, for everything that you've taught us. Uh, tell us, where can we find you? I know, of course, where to find you because I'm in your office on a regular basis. Don <laughs> Mills and Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, please tell the audience where they can find you online and how they can get in touch with your office. Yeah, Doc Paul C is uh, the Instagram handle, D-O-C, Paul, P-A-U-L-C. And, um, you know, I'm located in Don Mills. And if you are too far to even have, have an assessment, reach out to my office, reach out to me. I'll try and help you find a chiropractor wherever you live, okay? We're trying to help you feel better. Um, but also, before I go, I do want to shout out to you as well, Simone. So here you are. You've got a beautiful podcast, and here you are changing the world with your wisdom, sharing knowledge, and the the son of the founder of Chiropractor, BJ Palmer, had a quote, which I will end with, which is amazing. You never know what you think, say, or do that will change millions of lives in the future. So you are changing lives, millions of lives in the future with these podcasts because you're helping people around the world. So well done, Simone. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Charlton. I appreciate that greatly, of course. And yes, I do want people to see that there are so many beautiful people out there, such as yourself, that are willing to help people live happy, healthy, long lives. And so if you do want to reach out and you're so generous, thank you so much for what you said that you'd help people be able to refer them to chiropractors in their respective areas. But if you are in Toronto, go see Dr. Paul Charlton at Chiropractic Works. Thank you so much, Dr. Charlton. Cheers. Have a beautiful day. Thank you for tuning to The Confidential. We hope you enjoyed the episode and found it interesting and informative. Please subscribe to the show to receive notifications when new episodes are released. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at The Confidential Podcast to stay up to date with all things related to the show. We appreciate your support and welcome any feedback you may have. Until next time, stay curious and keep on learning. Thank you for listening.